Hi guys. Hi. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. How is everybody? Woohoo! Welcome, welcome. Man, we have got a party here today. Let's see. Whoa, kicking it off. I hear I, there's a rumor that we have, uh, let me see here, Mr. Frunium, Ricky Manning, one of the amazing Farscape writers, uh, is in the room. Let's give him a huge frill, yeah? Frill, yeah! Thanks, Golden Ronan. Uh, now, guys, I hope you're all very, very excited because today on the show, we have a very, very special treat. The beautiful Anthony Simcoe. Thanks, Dracus, is coming into the room in only a few microts. Uh, so is everybody excited? Hello, hello, hello. Where are we all tuning in from? I know there's Joe from Toronto. We've got Texas. We've got New Zealand. We also, guys, uh, happen to have uh, Anthony's two sons in the room as well. So if you want all the inside information that maybe Anthony won't tell us, we can hit them up for that as well. Has everyone had a good week? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for coming. It's very special. Very, very special. So, I guess uh, without further ado, we should bring uh, Anthony into the room, yeah? Now, just so you know, guys, guys we're here for you. Uh, we're all, thank you so much, Feasting Beauty. Thank you for su subscribing. Uh, I've only recently become a, a, an affiliate, so you can subscribe to the channel uh, if you're keen to, guys. There's lots of cool giveaways, and we have Zoom meetings and Discord meetings and lots of cool emojis and stuff as well. So uh, welcome to the party. Thank you for following and subscribing and coming out on this beautiful day, coming out to come inside. You know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, let's let's bring Anthony into the room. All right, here we go. Let's give him a call. Do, 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 do. Now I've got two heads. Hello. Hi, is it working? I can see, I can't see a camera. Hello. Oh, wait a sec. I can see a lot of me. Hang on, here you come, I think. Yay! Hello, how are you? I'm good. I feel like I should, now I've got too much sound going on and two things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stuck in the matrix oh my god too many it's like cameras an old, it's like an old man trying to deal with technology now wait a <laughs> sec let me just go turn off the twitch thing oh okay got you yeah there's a few different and it's funny too because the twitch yes. is like a, a second behind i think so it's a bit like Ugh. yeah how are you good to see <laughs> you excellent hello everyone i'm so surprised by i've never I, I've never been in Twitch land before, so I was just scrolling through all the comments, hearing about, you know, Dargo dolls inside suitcases in airports and where everyone is from around the world. And it's fabulous to see our great mate Ricky there. And yeah, so I feel like I'm a babe in the woods, Gigi. So you have to walk me through. I'll walk it. you through gently, Ant. <laughs> I'll break you in gently. Okay, so can you so can you see the chat so you can read comments as well, or do you want me to read for you? What would you prefer? I get you to read for me because okay, cool. the honest answer to that is I was reading them uh, before you called with my glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you're a real person. <laughs> and now the old man's taking the glasses off. And like fresh as a daisy. 
I can't see the chat comments anymore. I'm like, and I'm, we're I'm we're behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so how's life? What's been going on? Well, life in lockdown has been really, really busy for me because um, I'm um, finishing off a doctorate at the moment. So uh, I've just used the lockdown time to get the first draft of my thesis in, which is the culmination of about four years of work. So it was a really big emotional moment for me and there's still months and months and months and months ahead of me but it was uh it was a large milestone so i've been just up here in my in my office uh pounding away at the key at the keyboard keyboard synthesizing all that data and getting that into a into a document while um you know just trying to keep my business alive and uh looking after my beautiful family and i'm I'm one of those crazy people that is dealing with lockdown very structured. Good so boy. I'm exercising a couple of hours a day, actually. And, yeah, uh, I saw that on Instagram and you made me feel very guilty because my uh, quarantine <laughs> diet has been pretty much like donuts and eating breakfast, like bacon and eggs for breakfast <laughs> and then maybe even bacon and eggs again for dinner. Like Sky's like, can you, my parents please get it together? Why, <laughs> why are we eating at breakfast at night time? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, awesome. And then I look at Instagram and you've like hit your hit your like premium workout and I'm like, oh man, I, I gotta get it to, I gotta get this trend together. Like um broken broken old man i need to do it just so i can stay standing standing upright <laughs> hey frunium ricky said he uh, him and cheryl say hey how are ya so they're sending ah, all, all your love their love um deep, and deep love. i had a wonderful catch up with ricky before the last what was the last con we did was that uh, uh winter con two, no we did that one in new york winter that, was con. that what it was called yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stopped by um, LA on the way and uh, got to catch up with uh, Brian in LA, I'd seen in Atlanta, but um, uh, Harry from the writer's room. But then Ricky very generously took me to this amazing place for, for lunch with fantastic Chinese food and the, and the environment there. Ricky might have to write it down in the chat where it was that we went. I've got some photos, but I can't... Um, recall it at the moment but there's lots of sort of movie star pictures on the walls and fantastic decor and and beautiful food and ricky and i hadn't seen each other for for many years and it's 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 like many people at Farscape. it was great just seeing him again and just feeling that connection and, and catching up ricky says it's a famosa cafe famosa cafe famosa. so everyone go. can can race over there immediately um awesome listen uh a text wants to know, uh, have you been fitted for your new Dargo outfit yet? <laughs> uh, not And not so yet. do I. <laughs> yes, so does everyone. So does everyone. Look, Dargo lives. Everyone. Hashtag Dargo, Dargo lives. There's, there's no body. There's, there's, no, there's body. no body. There's <laughs> nobody. Nobody saw the body. Nobody. Bash the shit out and oh sorry I'm, I'm I swore excuse me uh, they have to bash me the blood will run clear and then uh, then it all goes on from there yes. but uh, no so so um, look it was uh, things change it was a great storytelling device I think to make that uh, Dargo the sacrifice in the in the peacekeeper wars 
uh, and it's also fascinating to talk to Rock and uh, Brian about potential ways in which you know the story of Farscape can evolve into the into the next into the next thing. And um, all I can say is it's been lovely to be included in those conversation and those inside conversations. Yes. I think that's all I can all all I can say. Well, can and, you guys uh, hurry up? Could you open up the world immediately and <laughs> can I jump on a plane tomorrow and fly through, fly through the uncharted territories with you again? Hey, how cool is it to have your own spaceship? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. It's I, I, I always struggle because I, I, I want to make sure that I'm, as, as Gigi does much better than me, I want to be sort of more like Gigi in that whenever I turn up to a con or whenever I do something like this, I want to feel like I'm offering value. I don't know whether value means entertainment or information or just uh, honesty, vulnerability. I always try and think these things. But after all these decades since we did Farscape, I'm wondering, wow, do I have any Farscape stories left? But I can share with you, maybe it's not information, it's more a, more a feeling. Uh, the sets were so large on Farscape and the props were so wonderful and so much was done live action. Of course, we did green screen and, and stuff in post, but so much was right in front of you. So it was wonderful not to be just standing in front of a green screen going, oh, I imagine this is X, Y, Z, my ship, my whatever, but actually to have your own spaceship and go into it, to, to feel the Qualter Blade, to see the, the results of the, the, the creature shop in and around you where you could look those amazing puppets in the eyes. Guys, it was as amazing as you can imagine it is. <laughs> it was just, it was just so much fun. And I always reflect, I think about things too deeply. Uh, I love my life now and I really enjoy it. I do some very interesting things, but nothing in my life was like standing on that set as Dargo with those with those people and some people would view a certain job as just a job some people would view a, uh, view a job as a stepping stone to something else but for me personally Farscape being Dargo that was my end game in, the, in that world of acting I did not need to play another character I yeah. did not need to be in another world. I did not need to go, oh, hopefully this will break me into this story or break me into that story or maybe after this it's my it's my stepping stone to go and become this. I was like, I'm done. I am done. Just put that makeup on me every single day. Let me go and play in this world and I am the the happiest man on the planet. So I don't know whether that's I've said anything interesting there apart from it was awesome, <laughs> but <laughs> that's my super long-winded response to what was it like having my own spaceship. It was it was terrific. It was life-changing. It was Did creative. Did you name was, her? Uh, no, I think the writers. They named her. That. Yeah, yeah. I, all I did was um, just what, make up the Lux language as we, as as I went. How excited were you? Like you're reading the script, and then it goes, "Oh yeah, Dargo's new spaceship," and you're like, "Oh yeah, cool. Now I have a spaceship." <laughs> <laughs> now I have a spaceship. To, you knew every 
yeah. <laughs> that one. Done. Put it on the bucket uh, list. Uh, so episode something amazing was going to come up. Sorry, we've got a little bit of lag there. Apologies for talking over you, Jeez. No, no, no. Uh, people, I'm just trying to get. There's the questions are flying in. So sorry, yes, guys, if I, I, I don't. No, <laughs> do what it's all you. You you can do whatever you want. But um, uh, so people want to hear your Dargo voice if you're allowed to. Oh my God. It's been, it's been, oh my god, it's been so long. <laughs> oh my! Shiana's like, oh. I better have a cup of tea. Better warm up my, my vocal cords. Thank you guys. Thank you, Hideline. I really actually don't think I can. Today. Can you go, me, 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 me? Yes, indeed. I. <laughs> <laughs> but some of you I would have heard this story many, many times. Uh, but there was, there was. Uh, with the Dargo voice, there was there was essentially three three big issues that needed to be needed to be solved. One was accent. You got an Aussie. Two was a voice that matched the the makeup, if you like, something that something where visually and vocally you were aligned. I guess the third part of that is how late the decision was, and I know some of you have heard this story. These, these things a few times but I guess just to go through them one at a time is uh, I, I think came from Brian he absolutely wanted whereas you know in Farscape it's quite a mix of accents from British accents to Australian accents to American accents so to the best of my ability the decision was that uh, Dargo would be um, have uh, an Amer American accent with that uh, sort of vocal quality on top of it so that so so that's that's my that's my best attempt at working in an american accent and and i was quite pleased that before they got to see me as anthony um a lot of fans initially in the first couple of seasons thought i was american so i took that as a as a as a compliment as a job well done but i can tell you behind the scenes the word for me with my australian accent the 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 word that came up all the time in farscape um scripts uh that i i you know someone more talented like Gigi would do this in a heartbeat yeah. uh, <laughs> i i always had incredible trouble with the word warrior in an american accent oh, so, there's a so, lot going so, on. Uh, well Dargo would say warrior Warrior. Yeah, but uh, me as an Aussie, I'd say warrior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and there was always that moment where I had to say, I'm a warrior, or whatever it was. And I, far out, warrior again, this bloody word. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it was just, and, and it was, and, and I can catch numerous episodes where I'm, I'm not quite happy with the, the accent uh, work there. In terms of the, the voice, which I'm having trouble trouble getting to today it did take a lot of warming up to get there because it's uh, a low register it's rough it's it's gruff but you also want to have um notes multiple notes notes in it you know and and the the comparisons to wharf are uh unfortunate slightly offensive but also reminiscent of the archetype you know the archetype you know dargo and Wolf are the same archetype in those in those stories. So of course you're trying to build your own version of that archetype. And when I was listening to um, the wonderful performance of Wolf and admiring it very much, uh, I knew that I wanted to have um, many many different notes in Dargo's voice. And and I think that got better as time goes on. 
third thing was what was it that yeah that we just decided very late that amongst the the producers there was no uniformity of our or cons- not uniform it's not the word i'm looking for. there was no decision made and uh the first time i speak on set was it my first day on set yeah my first day on set was on the bridge of uh, moya i think ricky might know this better i th- actually think the very first scenes we shot for the pilot were actually of Crace on the Peacekeeper set. I think that was day one and two, wow. day one or one and two. They were shot, so we sort of had a bit more time, the main cast, to get things ready. And so when we were on the the deck of Moya, when Ben, when Crichton arrives for the first time, that was my first day shooting. You know, we I, I pulled the, you know, the guts out of the console as we're as we're escaping. We hadn't made a decision on the voice until oh we were up no. for that shot and Prousey, Andrew Prouse, the wonderful Andrew Prouse was directing and, and I essentially went, he should speak like this. And I'll talk about everything's going on, the effects, this, blah, blah, blah. Went, he should speak like this and he went, fine, do it. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Shot, done. Moving on. You're like, oh, okay. Then, then, um, then I guess a little bit of uh, tension, attention came up. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, then some tension came up over the over the when the post started coming in uh, because what we did and I actually think it made the final edit as well again Ricky would remember this um, better than me is that they for the first mix or the you know the first couple of mixes they digitally they digitally or in the mix uh, lowered my voice and I hit the roof i i what and to this day uh was really upset about that it's like i can do it i'm not a puppet if you want the performance here let me know and when you digitally do that it does take some of that nuance and and extra notes out of the voice and it wasn't where i wanted to take him long term so i didn't have really many um blow-ups i'm not a hissy fit type of actor i hope i hope i'm not a hissy fit type of actor but there were sort of two battles i had to fight um initially which which to their credit because it's give and take on these things you know um but to their credit the writers and the producers gave gave me two things which i was really passionate about one is i did not bloody want that voice to be digitally altered in any way i wanted to be able to walk into adr and and that was that was the voice that i was i was producing the second battle that i won was uh, that brian passionately wanted me to have contacts yes i remember uh so he really, really wanted me to have contacts, and and the diff and contacts is a two-edged sword in sci-fi. So it, the benefit of contacts are that you get a more alien look, as you'll know from from Jeech and because uh, you had contacts in, yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, but what you don't get is the involuntary dilation of the pupils in reaction to emotion. So so and an actor can't control that, uh, and you'll note that any character that has that that contact the the actor has to work doubly hard to bring nuance to their um, emotional life and i thought that given that that um, we already had the difficulties the challenges to overcome was so much prosthetics uh on dargo i just felt that the barrier of not being able to see those pupils dilate and, and move as the emotions move was something that was really important to me um 
and and I and I have to really credit Brian to to his um I guess his leadership here because it's great sign of leadership to yield because it's not as though I I convinced Brian to this day Brian thinks I, that Dargo should have had um, should have uh, contacts on to this day he still thinks that uh, but thankfully for me he saw how how important it was to me and I think over time as you're taking that journey with that character you it might be subtle but you do see the benefits of uh, of being able to see um, my eyes um, not covered up by contacts there you go so you ask one question of me and I crap on for like 40 it's good I love it when can I'm... I cut here on this guy no no I'm loving it Hey, they want to know when you did your tongue move, did you have to stick out your tongue? <laughs> when you did yeah. your stun, stun tongue? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and another question that they're flying in, I'm trying to keep up with them all, but another question the guys wanted to know is, what was your most challenging part of, of the role? Um knowing how your face reads on camera is an important and really challenging thing to do for any actor there's a lovely phrase that a director i worked with when i was young and he described it as though you, you need to understand as a personality and as a physicality what you get for free and what you have to work on and you see young or poor or immature or whatever the right word is poor actors or young young actors learning their craft and if you think about it in those terms it's actually one of the main lessons that they're learning uh, the poor ones don't really know what they get for free they don't know what their voice uh, what their face is giving them they try to be something that they're not they think they can transform into anything but when in fact they can't and the great actors understand, well, I get this. My physicality gives me this. My psychology gives me this. My voice gives me this. So that's what I get for free. Now, if I understand that, then I can be really economical and specific and creative with the things that I don't get for free. Yeah? I have to work on this, have to work on this, have to work on this, have to add this nuance, have to add this color. When you're working in prosthetics like you are with Dargo, all that, all that history, all that... Um, all that work that you've done, understanding what you get for free, understanding your own voice, understanding your own physicality, understanding your face in the frame, comes back to zero. <laughs> so that was a really, it was a big challenge, but it was really interesting. And thankfully, the directors just put me in my makeup and just sat me in a room for a week. So I was just sitting in my dressing room on my own with a camera and playback and just doing as simple things as just trying to understand with that big thing off here, with a different voice, with the, you know, all that stuff, just trying to work out how that sits in the frame. So you're not winging it, uh, you're, making, you're making decisions. You're not just chucking on a makeup, putting on a voice and saying lines. You're actually trying to be creative about, well, this makeup gives me this for free, so therefore I can let that go and I can try and deal with these things. So that was a, a difficult challenge, but a really interesting one. And while I'm crapping on a bit, that's what was fantastic about this role because I don't look like the rock. I don't look like these big, I mean, I'm fit, but I don't look like these big bodybuilder type guys. So it was just fabulous that we had producers and directors who were looking for someone who could, they, they could trust uh, to transform. They didn't, I, I can't stand, that's probably a bit too strong a phrase, but I can't stand directors that expect the character to walk through the door. It's one of my big bugbears. It's like, well, no, 
I'm not the fucking character. Excuse me. I'm not the. I'm not the character walking <laughs> through the. I'm not the character walking through the door. It, call action. Then you'll get my ideas around what the character is. And when you cut, then you'll get this six foot five Aussie guy again. Yeah. Uh, but it's only between action and cut that you'll start to see all the all the suggestions that I've got about how I, how I would go about solving this character. So again, you asked me one forward Good. question. Good, I like it. <laughs> and I've rabbited on. No, do, do. That's your job. That's why you're here. Uh, so Frunium, a good old Ricky, has said you've got many requests to say, don't make me tongue you. <laughs> I didn't do it. See, Ricky does this all the time. He sneaks into the chat room and he like is lingering about and then he pops up and says some obscure, naughty thing. So now you have to do it. <laughs> don't make me tongue you. <laughs> no, sorry. Dude, go again don't make me tongue you. Oh my. <laughs> it's not that type of show. Uh, now, the guys in the room want to know about the makeup process. How long did it take? Was it comfortable to wear? What did you feel like the very, when did you realize how intense the whole process was going to be? Because didn't you go, didn't they fly you to the actual creature shop overseas to, to do the, yeah. the whole shebang? I was directing it, so the rehearsed uh, Start again, Anthony. The audition process was very long. Again, I keep de deferring to Ricky, but I, I, I want to say like four or five months for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like really, really long, long period. Um, uh, and by the time they were coming down to the final decision, uh, yeah, I was directing a play. And for those sci-fi fans um, out there, I was directing a play with Grant Bowler in the in the lead. Uh, who went on to play the lead in um, one of Rockney's new shows, which I can't remember the title of. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was doing that, and then finally the call came that, yes, you've got it. And we were in the middle of rehearsals. I think we were like two weeks away from opening night and got the job, and I had to fly straight to straight to London to the to the Jim Henson Creature Shop, and there I could get to geek and fan it because I've grown wow. up with that. So I was so excited. There were Skeksis there and all this type of you know cool stuff got my first live cast and then yeah come back to australia and and here we are so what was it like wearing it in the process so i guess process wise initially you get a live cast which is where they take a you know like a mold of your body then the amazing people in the creature shop build some prototypes and it's one thing to get the look it's another thing to be able to make the actor move in it you know, sometimes you can get away with discomfort of the actor if it's a feature film. If you're only going to be in it for a week, if you're only going to be in it for a couple of weeks, if you're only going to be in it for a day. But if you're going to be in it for weeks, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, um, there's a level, it's not just about making the actor comfortable, but about giving the actor the freedom to be able to move, to create, to create a character. So the journey for wearing it moved from quite uncomfortable to quite comfortable. You know, you... you the main frustration for me, and we were all cognizant of it, uh, in the first season was that I really did not have much horizontal plane of movement. Just because of the thickness of the makeup in around the neck here, actually, it was nothing to do with the stuff on my head and my face. It was really to do with this, this part here. So he's stiff, like his head's moving with his shoulders and there's nothing I could do about that. Even if I forced it, it would create incredible creases 
right to the end, there are things like that that people don't appreciate. It's not just that it's uncomfortable. So if you move in certain ways or you move beyond the way that it's designed to move, then weird creases appear. We've got lots of outtakes from Dargo where this join would come undone, or not just come undone, that the weight of the tentacles would create a weird crease in this part of my makeup. And I think some of them actually even crept into final cuts. So you're trying to be aware of the mechanics. Again, it comes back to this idea of what are you getting for free? What's the What work is the makeup doing? And then what work do you have to do on top of it? Over time, the Creature Shop did a fantastic job of trying to make it more mobile. Not just here, but in terms of um, the thickness of the of the foam. I did not want to feel like I had a helmet on top of me. I wanted to know that if I moved an eyebrow, the makeup moved. That if my cheek moved half a millimeter, millimeter, my cheek moved half a millimeter. We wanted to be able to get all that spontaneous and planned movement into what we call micro gestures. So gestures are these things. Micro gestures are the small involuntary movements that your face makes in, in response to psychology and emotion. We want to be able to get that. And in bad prosthetics, in bad effects makeup, uh, you don't get that nuance because you're not getting those micro gestures. You're only getting the large, large gestures. And, and with us, that improved over time. You're not getting um, really great um, detail or response to the micro gestures in earlier versions of the makeup. And by the time you get to the end, it's absolutely fantastic. It's like every choice I'm making or involuntary making, uh, you can see them revealed in the makeup. The other, di the, the other most difficult thing about the about the Dargo makeup was heat. Yes. I mean, I, I was carted off to an in an ambulance off the Farscape set three or four times in the back of an ambulance. Did you have your full fa yeah. you had your full face on because they yeah, could take I, your head off, but you then your face was yeah. still stuck on when you I feel got sorry in there. For those, uh, yeah, for those uh, para <laughs> those those ambulance workers. Yeah, they turn, what are they? They're, they're like, huh? They turn up. There's this guy passed out. Chucking me into the back of a head. With this, like, right. <laughs> and that, and that, that's just, you know, uh, you know, if we ever, it, ever did it again, you know, it just, it was to do with our release <laughs> schedule on sci-fi, but it just meant that we we're always bloody shooting in uh, summer, and then having winter off. It was crazy, <laughs> you know, like we should have been shoot because it's so much heat uh, in that show. So, you know, you got Australian Sydney summer, and prosthetics and sci-fi, not, not a great mix. Uh, and then we'd have bloody winter off. <laughs> so it would have been would have been good if we could have shifted the the schedule to be doing more more shooting in winter. But it was yeah, I don't think it was ever the case. And they want to know what our hardest scene was. There's 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 a lot to go through. I didn't like the last one. <laughs> I didn't like Dargo and Cheese farewell. I thought it was I didn't like it full stop. And then I also thought it was far too abrupt. And they're like, okay, moving on. I'm like, no. You, there's no way you'd have to and I remember telling Ben you're gonna have to rip me off him because there's no way I'm just gonna leave and there's actually in the on the day I because you know I get into it a bit and and I pull he pulled me back and I whacked in the reaction my hand whacked him and you can see there's he's not acting in that bit it, he's really <laughs> pissed he's like bloody Gigi and a bloody method acting <laughs> smack you can see it he's like oops don't damage the star. Not a good, not a good, <laughs> not a good look. So, uh, what do you think the similarities are with Guardians? Uh, they're asking. Well, I, I suppose those questions. So, firstly, in terms of you and I, I'll just I'll just reinforce what you were saying there, Gigi. So, Gigi um, works. At, you know, 
you're never going to find a bigger fan of Gigi's work than me. I think she's absolutely amazing and incredible. And she does all the research and she investigates what she wants to do. She makes her choices. And then when she's on set as an outsider, she immerses herself in that scene to the point where that's her lived experience. So you can call it method acting, call it whatever you want. But she, she is there um, trying to fully consume her psychology and her emotion and her senses with that moment. I don't work like that. I work like dicking around until I actually play a game with myself as, as how far away can I be from the circumstances of this scene until they call action? Cause it's almost like I want to jolt myself into the, into the scene. I don't want to go here. It comes here. It comes here. It comes action. I'm away, which is more how Gigi would work. I'm like, what are we shooting a scene? Are you kidding me? Oh, what? This is the most emotional scene of the action. Bang. <laughs> and to her credit. And I think to our credit as a, as a, you know, working, working colleagues, one of the things I'm most proud of through that whole journey is I can't remember one day, Gigi, where that became an issue for either of us. I think very early on, we just respected that's how she works, that's how he works, we work differently, but we've got this same goal in thing. And, and again, in that gap or in that space between action and cut, <laughs> we were always there trying to solve that scene in the most creative and, and interesting way that we possibly could. But leading up to action and working past cut, very, very different. So um, that was, I guess I'm not answering the question because that wasn't a challenge at all, but that can be a challenge working with, with other actors when, they're, when their process um, is, is different from you. And sci-fi sets are busier than other sets, usually just because of the effects and makeup and animatronics and things like that. They're, they're, they're distracting places. And I think that's, that, that's, that's, that's a really another big compliment to someone who works like Gigi works because she's got a whole lot of distractions around her that are taking away from her preference for how she wants to work. Whereas someone like me, the more fucking distractions, the better. Like just <laughs> let them come out, let me be distracted and then, 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 then we're away. So uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wait, wait, before, before we jump on, remember that like it was like one of the first days on set and I had to get zapped by the electric collar or the whatever. And they turned the camera around and I kept doing it behind the camera and like knocking grips over and because I had no bloody idea. I'm like, no, no, man, I'm here for you. And off camera, I'll do the exact same thing. And I'm like, like this. And you're just looking at me like, yeah, you are going to get, you are, you're in trouble, lady. <laughs> you're not going to last till the end of the day if you keep, you're like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm like, no, no, I, I got it, Anthony. I got it. <laughs> Well, it is, it, is a, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And I do think, again, that, that is about learning your craft. I, I don't true. think it's about switching off, but it is about what you're doing off camera. What, what are you doing off camera to give enough respect and guidance and connection to the person who's on camera while not killing yourself? <laughs> because, you know, to put yourself into, especially those heightened emotional and physical scenes, you, 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 just, you just physically and emotionally can't do them time and time and time again but you don't want to be also the the it's about to swear again the not nice person who isn't there for the other actor off off camera and they they might not be there in an extreme sense where they're literally not there and in their in their trailer <laughs> not there. 
or they're just not there emotionally or they're not just not giving you enough to feed to feed your your performance but we never had that but there is a middle ground there you don't need to give 110 percent when you're off camera um uh, yeah and we all we all got better at that as we as we went i had to learn that lesson as as well yeah, so uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, even he, he's admitted over Twitter that he is a huge fan of Farscape and he was inspired by Farscape to, when, he was, when he was creating Guardians of the Galaxy. Isn't that wonderful? Like, what a wonderful compliment. And I think, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, I'm sure Ricky and the writers could also reel off a whole lot of shows um, uh, that they were inspired by when they when they went to write it and and create it. So I think, you know, artists are borrowers and they pay homage and they're inspired by um, other works of art or other parts of society as well as their own imagination. I just I don't think the creative act involves just a blank canvas and you just you know you you just you just fill it up. You're inspired by a whole lot of things. So I'm I'm very proud of what we did and I'm proud that such a a large, um, important, fantastic movie franchise that's so well made is something like Guardians of the Galaxy is even in part um, had, you know, found a little bit of colour from Farscape and that's something I'm really, really proud of. But I'm sure that, that um, he could probably list another 20 other shows as well. He goes, well, it's a bit from this, a bit from that. I like this, I like that, I like, I like the other. Yeah, so it's always lovely when you're recognised. I mean, I just watched, uh, I, I'm just discovering I can't believe it. After all these years, I'm just discovering how much I love Community. I mean, ah. I'm in love with this show, and I did not realise they had an episode where Albert rabbits on about Farscape. So we were just watching it there the other day, and all of a sudden, there's that little scene at the bar where Albert's talking about Farscape and Scorpius, and I'm like, they're talking about Farscape. They're talking about Farscape. I'm watching Community. They're talking about Farscape. I can't believe it. This is amazing. This is the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I love Ricky and Morty. This is the guy who created Ricky and Morty. Wait a minute, let me backtrack. Ricky and Morty, Community, that guy, Farscape, I was in that show. This is awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm fanboying out of a fanboying. What what are what are the millions of books behind you? Everyone's very curious. Are they all naughty books, or can we can we can we hear what they're all about? Will you read us a story? What what what's back there? <laughs> that, that, that bookcase. I'm actually surrounded by bookcases over this direction, that direction. This this bookcase is pretty much a work bookcase. I think they're pretty boring. Oh, I don't think they're boring at all. But you've got. Um, Leadership books on the left, emotional intelligence, organizational storytelling there. Uh, the top right-hand side, really interesting. Research methodology. Oh, my God. <laughs> bit you're Cres amazing. Bit of Creswell for any of you academics out there. Happy yeah. to do research methodology if you're not reading Creswell. <laughs> uh, motivationally type, you know, sort of workplace motivation books, um, project management stuff, science of influence, uh, adult learning theory. Uh, You've read all of them? Oh, at least. <laughs> That's just the ones I bought. <laughs> they're the ones I want to read again. Whoa. These are just decoration and they're all kids' books. There's nothing in there. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I better look a bit learned. Pop them there. <laughs> <laughs> super cool. I really wanted to um, uh, pull out, uh, like, Farscape stuff and background, whatever, but my, um, my attic here is full of our stored stuff and I, I tried to tackle it but it's in a box way at the back and I thought uh, 
I couldn't get to it, unfortunately. Uh, everyone wants <laughs> to know what you stole off the set. I can put my hand on my heart and say nothing. Uh, uh hearts. That, those that got away with it were, were lucky because um, <laughs> Henson's actually brought two staff members down to make sure that um, no one did it. You didn't get so any, I, any costume or anything like that? You no, I, I really wanted to have my boots of all things. I really wanted my boots and I really wanted a quilter blade and, and they said no, I couldn't. And now we're getting lots of chat about the castle. Oh, some Aussies. Yes. Can we my brother Jake Edgley's in the room. He's he's woken up. That's a big Jake thing. <laughs> Jakey's in the room. Brunium is asking about the castle because he, he thinks that maybe scapers haven't seen it. And then I want you to talk about the garden's tale as well, because that's very important. Oh, cool. Um so the castle I'll say this, I hope it doesn't make me sound up myself. I think it's just a statement of fact, right? So for example, last year they had um, as as they do one of these things like Australia, what is Australia's most loved loved film and on that list for Australians from an Australian perspective you'll find things like Mad Max the original one Mad Max the the, the newer one that day won the Academy Award for um, you'll find things like Babe you'll find Crocodile Dundee these are the types of films that are that Australians um, hold dear to their heart and consistently over time from many different sources, the castle is often rated number one. So wow. it's really strange for those of you in America, it is, it is like I was a part of, well, it's not like, I was a part of Australia's most loved film. Uh, it's a really cheaply shot little family drama about the little guy fighting the big guy fighting an airport takeover of their house. And the shame for me is that um, when it was released in America, we did a lot of ADR and uh, changed a lot of the lines. And again, I keep deferring to, to Ricky's expertise here, but for me, what makes the castle very special and what actually makes it a great film is not the plot. It's, it's, it's not the shape of the story. It's not the narrative. The, the narrative is very simple. You know, little guy fights big guy, little guy, little guy wins. What is amazing about this film, The Castle, is its capture of Australian vernacular. So if you've not been to Australia or if you do not know a lot of Australians, then the, the genius of The Castle can sort of go by you and you're sort of just left with people with accents, little guy fights big guy. But if you are an Australian, so many Australians' response to the castle is, oh my God, that's how we talk. My cousin talks like that. My uncle talks like that. My dad talks like that. I talk like that. We've never had a film that really, really genuinely captures how we sound, how we talk. So that's the beauty of it. And there's also an enormous sense of, of heart. You know, we are all imperfect people in an imperfect world. The Kerrigans, the central family in the castle, are an imperfect family, yet within that imperfection, the amount of love that they have for each other through everything is fantastic. So there you go, that's the that's the 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 castle. So if you want to sort of pick up on the importance of the castle, I guess you're best off asking an Australian friend <laughs> whether they've heard of it. Where what, can where can people heard. find it? Is it on Amazon? Is it on? Is it is, I think I think it's on a streaming service in America. But then, like I say, that the problem with the American version, it's still Australian accents. But 
all those idiosyncratic Australian phrases are removed. So there's so my character buys and sells th sells things all the time through it. And one of the lines is um, about a guy selling seven eskies. Now an esky is I think what do Americans call an esky? A cooler? Yeah, I think it's a cooler. It's a like it's uh, Australians call them eskies. They're like portable things that you put your beer and food in, right? <laughs> and you, you carry so I think I think Americans call them coolers. Coolers. Right? Uh, but you know, mine's greater than mine. They went. Americans don't know what an esky is. We can't call it an esky. No <laughs> one will understand it. Uh, so we ended up calling uh, the line changed to about a guy selling seven kettles. And and as soon as you start to take out all those Australianisms, mm -mm. Uh, then you really are left with a film about little guy fighting fighting big guy so yes you might be able to stream it and watch it uh but if you can I i'd suggest you're, you're better off watching the one the australian version where it hasn't been adr how you get to that i i, I don't know right. now is there another question there? Garden's yeah Tales. garden's tale is very important you want to you you want to start talking about that then i'll well, it was it, it was very special for me because I was a, I always felt a bit like a fish out of water in the early days on set because I was I was the newbie and it it was so exciting and so nerve wracking and so big, and originally I felt like I I, I, well, I was only on for one episode that was the that was the deal and then I, they kept delivering s scripts under the door kind of thing and I was like huh oh my god oh my god so I didn't know at any point what time it would you know it would stop so until until I became part of the, the crew properly I think it was like in the last episode of season one I'm like oh my gosh I'm in this for good with you guys so it was so cool but just so so big and for the longest time like I just idolized you guys so much and adored you guys so much and pray every day that I went home that I didn't muck it up because you guys were just you knew you were stellar, you know, and I was—I knew how to be an alien, and I knew how to be, you know, lost in space and you, you'd be a creature. But I didn't know how to hit a mark. I didn't know that you're not meant to overtake each other, you know, when you're, you're talking in a scene. I didn't know that there was like—I barely knew that there was a mid shot, a wide shot, and a close up for God's sakes, you know. And you guys must have been looking at me like, huh? So, so it was so special to me when you included me in Gardens Tower. I was like, oh my God, they do see my light. They do see how hard I work and they do see like it was it was big for me that you'd considered me to be in one of your projects that was huge I felt very blessed and it was really cool too because I got to meet Jonathan Hardy properly as well because you know we didn't have a lot of one-on-one -on -one st stuff because he wasn't on set really much at all was he he, ca he came in for a couple of well, one character um, further down the track I think so that was really special and it's a really beautiful it's a really beautiful story so it was such a pleasure to have you there. So The Garden's Tale was a short film that I made and it wasn't as I wrote it and then uh, thought, oh, gee, Gigi would be great for this. Because she's such an amazing talent, I wrote it for Gigi. <laughs> so I was like, I want to do a film. I want I her to be in it. Uh, what are we going to do? Okay, well, I'll, I'll try and do this. And essentially, it's a, it's a simple metaphor where you know at the start we've got this quite broken woman uh she meets a magical <laughs> like gnome who's played by jonathan hardy in the backyard he teaches her how to create this magical garden and as she tends to the garden uh, it's a 
simple and lazy metaphor maybe, but you know, the, the, the growth of the garden um, is commensurate with the growth of, of her life. And uh, it was a beautiful opportunity for us to bring our Farscape family into just a passion project. So we had lots of the, you know, all the crew, the lighting, um, Damien doing the amazing prosthetics and you know, Gigi had these gorgeous little elven ears and Jonathan was this incredible gnome and, and you know what I'm, I'm super super proud of it it's got a it's got a warmth and a heart in it that that I'm incredibly proud of I wish it was shot in HD it, it's sort of really dated only, only because of the resolution of it um, when dear Jonathan passed away it was I mean, I was just bereft because um, he meant so much to me, so in tears. But it was so wonderful to go back to the Garden Tale, look at his performance. But then there's a scene there where he's saying goodbye to, yeah. to Gigi's character. And far out, if you want to see a master actor nail a scene, I'm just so happy that he did it in something that, you know, that Gigi and I were involved in. And it was just heartbreaking to, 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 to see him. He was a special, special... Uh, performer so the garden tale was a was a wonderful experience put my heart and soul into that learnt a lot had a lot of tolerant people around me as I was you know writing for the first time directing for the first time and uh, I really felt a sense of um, everyone just in it to have a good time learn help me my house got taken over and destroyed (laughs) (laughs) oops sorry (laughs) by it but uh, yeah, it's something I'm I'm super proud of. I haven't watched it for ages, actually. Just remind me. I, I, I couldn't yeah. even tell you where a, where a copy is. Oh no, because so. I was going to ask. Maybe later on down the track, we, could we have a viewing and could you like commentate or something like that for fun? I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know whether that'd be something you'd be into or not. Oh not. yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. It's just a matter of whether I can find it. You're going to find it. <laughs> It'd be on a DVD in a box somewhere. I actually found the rushes the other day, like in the oh. box, box full of, um, you know, back then, you know, pre, this is in the days of, uh, it was shot on mini DV on an XL1. So there's like a whole box of garden tail rushes in there. But yeah, where the master is, I'll, I'll have to find. But yeah, that'll be a wonderful thing to watch. And just another great opportunity to see Gigi do her thing. And we love you. And I know you're super busy and everything. So I don't want to hold you up for too much longer, but I want to, I wanted to ask where can people find you what's next what's happening where are you are you creating projects what's your vibe <laughs> so i'm not um like jeej in terms i don't really have a social media presence that's very active we're going to change that i'm not on facebook i mean i used to be on facebook but it's a it's a dead account i mean i couldn't even tell you what my login is for for um did I just say Farscape? I meant Facebook. No, Facebook, uh, Facebook. Facebook. I have an Instagram account, which is pretty boring. It's usually me on a plane. <laughs> 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 or me rabbiting on about my favourite football team. Oh, you working which out. Which is Crystal Palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so unless you're really interested in Crystal Palace or me at an airport, <laughs> um, it's probably not, <laughs> not that thing. But, look, I... I, I yeah, I don't know, my life, because I'm not working in the arts anymore, I don't feel like I've got a need to um, promote things. Having said that, events like this are, are wonderful and going to conventions are wonderful. It makes me remember that life that I had, how proud I am of it, 
the beautiful friendships and connections I made with people doing it. So when I do dip in, I'm um, super happy. But yes, if it was to change, it'd probably be on um, Instagram. I'll have to get Jeej to help me with that. Uh, do you have your guitar handy? Can you play us a song? <laughs> no, I, I actually, I actually. Acapella then. <laughs> My lovely house has got three stories, <laughs> and it's it's way down on the. Un- it's okay. The we'll wait. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been great. I mean, the last year, I've been writing lots of lots and lots of songs so it's been a, a terrific thing to re to revisit that part of my of my creativity so i think in the in the coming year i'll, I'll get together an old man band with my friend steve we had this band called single signal room when we were doing the farscape stuff and we, and we really want to get out there and play again he's an he's an amazing talent and um and yeah we've actually got a whole we've probably got about 15 to 20 new songs that we've been working on in the last year which we've which we've really been enjoying putting putting together did you play with wayne as well yeah yeah so that signal room band had um a lovely guy called jerry on bass who has nothing to do with farscape and then uh yeah. wayne pygram on the drums and uh amazing steve edwards on guitar and steve edwards was um in the lighting department uh on farscape okay well we love you ant we love you so love much you. thank you for coming so on I'm going to have to go back and read all these comments once I've got my glasses on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We love you so much. <laughs> Everyone, please uh, follow Anne on Instagram. And uh, Adago lives. Yeah. And I'll see if I can uh, coerce him to come back and we can watch Garden's Tale together. Yes, yes, yes. That'd be awesome. Love you, love you Anne. Have a good... Oh, wait. Oh! Wait. <laughs> hey, Jerry, gorgeous. <laughs> He's saying hello. What's up, Ant-Man? Hey, dude, how you going, man? Oh, good. good. That was a good we'll show. We'll catch up after this. Yeah. <laughs> love. See you love. guys. Take care. Love you, Ant. Have a good day. Love to the family. See you, gorgeous. Thank Bye. you so much for joining us. Bye, everyone. Bye. Uh, so that was the amazing Anthony Simcoe. Wow, that was very cool. Oh, Sky's still here. Hi, Papa. Hi. Um, so, wrapping it up, guys. I'm. I tried to keep up with all your. I tried to keep up with all your questions, but there was a lot. Sorry. So I. Tr- I tried to get them all in there, but wasn't that special? It's very magical because uh, it's so nice hanging out together, because you've gone on so many adventures through the uncharted territories. Hang on. Let. I've got a little Skywalker here. One second. Just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> this is this is this awesome picture that Jed got signed by Anthony at the last convention. <laughs> I'm just going to do a song to would you mind get, getting Baba? So, there you go. So everyone make sure you follow um Ant on Instagram. It's Anthony Simcoe at Anthony Simcoe. There goes a flying baby. Uh, all right, so I've been mucking. I, th- I do believe Jake Edgley is in the house. Hi, Jakey. Thank you to all the subscribers as well. This is very cool. We've got new cool little emotes that we can use uh, that we made specifically for you. On Friday, we're going to get all the subscribers and we're going to go into a Discord room and we're all going to have a bit of a chat session. Before I sign off, I'm going to sing you a song. And I also want to show you a couple of cool things. Here uh, we have tomorrow, I'm actually doing a Zoom chat for you guys. 
Uh, let me see if I can get it up here. Uh, that was so cool. It's bringing back all these amazing Farscape memories. I like, <laughs> very good questions too, guys. Good work. Uh, oh yeah, so tomorrow we've got, we're gonna watch episode two of season two. Uh, and then straight after that, we're gonna wander into, thank you, Matthew. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All the donations go to the Feed the Baby Fund. So I'm very, very appreciative. Uh, so here we have uh, this cool little Zoom meeting that we're doing tomorrow after, let's see, I'll just get it up for us. Do, 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 do. Doesn't wanna click, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're gonna jump over here. We've got a little bit of Zoom action. So early bird tickets are 20 bucks. Oh, that's fantastic, what a great deal. And it's really cool because we actually get to see each other. I get to put names to faces and faces to names because I'm getting to know everyone through the chat room. So it's really cool when we can actually see each other. Like, where are you? So you can check that out. I'm gonna chuck the link in the uh, uh, chat section just here. Uh, in uno momento. Hi, Jake, good morning. That's very nice that you woke up for that session. Uh, we have Jake Edgley in the room and Jake can uh, let you know he's got a couple of streams this week as well. Oh, I think mum might be in here as well. If you're looking in the chat, uh, Jake Edgley is my amazing rock star brother. And we also have Jezza8 and that's my mum. Hi, mummy, nice to see you. Uh, if you've just chimed in and you haven't seen uh, what Jake and I do, uh, this is my website, uh, it's shishiedgley.com and down here are all the upcoming conventions that we have that hopefully are still in the works. Uh, it changes daily so keep an eye on that. And this is Jake and Zizia's little Wonderland tour. We had lots of fun uh, on a complete fan run tour last year and the year before. Uh, you can check out our music, uh, where we travelled. We plan to do another one next year and we're open to suggestions. Thank you guys. Thank you. Oh, Jake, my brother subscribed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we, yes, we plan to do a Wonderland tour next year. So uh, there's a contact page here that goes directly to Jake and I. If you have suggestions, wander this way and let us know. And we will do our very best to come to your town, your backyard, your lounge room, your comic con, your restaurant, your music venue and entertain you. And what we've also been doing is in the individual uh, towns, we've actually been asking people to come up and be part of the show. So if you're a musician, if you're a poet, if you do dancing, whatever your passion is, uh, people have written into us and said, oh yeah, I'd like to read some poetry or I'd like to do it. I'm a drummer or I'm a trumpet player. And if you send me the set list, I can join your set. So it's been a really beautiful journey for Jake and I, and we continue uh, to, to travel around the world to come to you and, and thank you for, for supporting our journey so far. Uh, so, oh yes, on this page here too, guys, on this website, because I know we can't uh, be together in the flesh, so if you did want to pick up any fun treats, uh, we've got uh, autographs and personalizations on beautiful photos. We've got Farscape ones there and some saucy ones. We have some Australian shows, uh, some music that I've done, which is on my USB. So it goes straight into your computer, which is lots of fun. And then we also have 
a nice little CD as well. Ooh, CDs, we love music. Uh, so that's a very nice little treat that's in there. And then we also have Wonderland posters. I don't know whether Jake's even seen all of these. Uh, Jake, if you want to pick one up, I can give you a discount. <laughs> Charge you double. Just kidding. Uh, so I'm just going to take you back to the homepage. Also, on this site, <clears throat> I have my Australian Reel. I've got uh, examples of my music. Hashtags are really beautiful little film uh, that we have in the festival circuit at the moment that's getting some great recognition.